What's up, everybody? Welcome to Money Lab Live. It is Wednesday, January 20th. It's inauguration day. Whatever. We're here. We're doing things. We're live. And I have a special guest today, which you probably already know. My special guest name is Doug Cunnington. Doug Cunnington. Here you are. Welcome. I'm here. What's up? This is a great intro. There's so much energy here. It's uh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. it Um, Doug Cunnington, you have a site called nichesiteproject.com. Can you uh, just, I have so many questions for you. I'm not going to ask you to like explain your life story or or do anything like that because I did a lot of prep work today because what we're going to do, and I don't know if you know the whole story because I didn't really tell you everything, but we're going to build a niche site live on this show today and i'm going to build it with carbonate i already have the domain name uh, i came up with a with a topic and it's something that you're familiar with and i'm going to give the site away to somebody who wants it with all of the keyword research that we're going to do right here on the show and now we're not going to do a ton of keyword research but we're going to teach people your keyword golden ratio method the KGR. This method. is awesome. Do you like this idea? It's fantastic to get into it. Yeah, we. Um, I actually showed up late, so if uh, if people were wondering why it took us a little while, I'm late today. So um, yeah, look, you know, you were were you you were actually out, weren't you? I was out. R- very rare. I was over uh, talking to our mutual friend Carl, doing a little interview with Carl. Oh, so. cool. Yeah. So. Um, well, you're here now. I, you know, I kind of, you know, it's funny because like we've known each other, what, about a year now. And I would say I kind of know nothing about your business besides niche site project. Like that's all I really know. But it's pretty obvious that you have other niche. And what do you say? Do you say niche or niche? What's your thing? I say I say niche. I know it's probably not correct, but uh-huh. I've adopted that pronunciation and we're just going to stick with it. Okay. I'm cool with that. Um, that's, that's, that's what I say too, but it sounds like bitch. So sorry people. Um, anyway, uh, we are, uh, so anyway, you have multiple niche sites. Is that correct? That are not that you don't really talk about publicly, but you just kind of, but you do tell the story about them. You just don't, say what they are publicly. So how many do you have right now? I have about four or five. And yeah, this is a good point because I, you know, you are very public with your sites, Matt, and that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's a lot of transparency. People um, trust you. They can see examples of like exactly what you're doing and how you're yeah. implementing things, which is fantastic. I shared a couple um, sites at some point and uh, what happened was like negative SEO. So I had some major issues and oh. ended up losing you know, a significant amount of money. And negative SEO is something that Google is now much better at figuring out that's sure. happening, but it can still be a problem. And the other thing that pops up is people will just copy your site. They'll just verbatim copy like every keyword. They'll just they have money to throw at it. So they'll hire, you know, maybe better writers than what I have. And you end up in a situation where, you know, people are uh, sort of siphoning off part of what, what you had. I mean, there's always competition and sure. stuff, but because, you know, we're in a public 
situation. I just, you know, adopted the idea that I'm, I'm like, I'm just not going to share not, anything yeah. else. And when you, when you mean negative SEO, I'm assuming like people were buying backlinks to your site to take them down. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll send very, very bad backlinks and, you know, over time it, it does add up and, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's various ways that you, you could do those sort of things. And again, it's not as big of a deal. Google's pretty smart seeing backlinks that are crappy, right. but at some point there's some threshold, I believe, where there's so many bad backlinks that it just, you know, it, yeah, it, it kind of overtakes it goes, everything. It goes right. Yeah. So, um, so you have about four or five sites now, and that's, is that mainly where you make your income or is it through niche site project and teaching other people how you've done these, how you've built these five sites? So for the last four or five years, it's been about 50, 50. And, you know, okay. over time I've sold some sites. I don't, I'm not very public with a lot of that stuff. So mm -hmm. I had one case study where I talked about selling a site and then other sites that I've sold, I haven't really talked about. There's obviously, or maybe not obviously, there's NDAs often where you can't talk about uh, what, what you've sold, um, what you were working on. And some people knew that I had certain sites. So if I sold them, then that would make those sites now somewhat vulnerable because they knew it changed hands potentially, right? So there's NDAs associated right. with it. That said, uh, I am, you know, after you do a certain thing for a while, you get interested in other stuff and it's not as exciting to keep building sites. Yeah. Is there, do, um, do, do you have yeah. like, so you're saying, so 50, 50 with like all of the four or five niche, niche sites that you have, and then 50% selling what, how you've done those five sites or, or whatever. Um, do you talk yep. about, you, you said you don't, you've sold some sites, so you don't talk about that publicly or is that like kind of behind a paywall thing? Um, yeah, I don't talk about that too publicly because it's, it's NDAs as well. I mean, well, I talk oh, about right. it with okay. you, like, you know, on, you know, if we're having a beer or whatever, but sure. Right. Yeah. In a, in a public format. No. Yeah. Um, when did you start doing this? When was your first and why did you like, why was it like, oh, I'm going to build one site and see what happens or like, what was your like, yeah. When and why, I guess is a terrible question. Yeah. No, that's, it's good. And, and I like, you know, you were kind of opening with this, you were saying, Hey, you know, Doug, we've been friends for a little while, but we, we're actually like pure actual friends. Like we met no, right. like in person and we, we had circled back because we're, we're, we literally are doing a lot of the same stuff. So yeah. it was 2013 and I found the smart passive income podcast and I got obsessed. I got hooked within four to six weeks, I launched my first site, which was kind of a mess. I mean, I did the classic mistakes with poor keyword research. I didn't understand the tools I was using. I kind of fucked up with my uh, WordPress installation, all the classic mistakes, but I did it really quick, you know? But you, now, did so, you have any like prior background to knowing how to do this technically, or were you kind of like, I'm learning from scratch? Cause I know you have a background in software development, right? Yep. I have a computer engineering okay. degree and I was doing uh, management consulting. I worked for Accenture and a company called Amdocs mm -hmm. for a little while. And yeah, I was doing the consulting stuff. So I had, I, I have coded in the past and I had like a software development background, but I was a project manager, uh, sort of middle management by the time that I was getting into websites. So I never heard of WordPress. I didn't know anything about like writing or creating content online or any anything valuable. So I was really starting from scratch. 
understand some of the the tech, uh, you know, server stuff going on. Yeah. But yeah, essentially, I didn't know anything. What? Why? So, but why did you? Like, were you, did you hate your job? Were you one of those people like, hate my nine to five? I want to do, I want to be my own boss. You know, how do you, how do you, I want to know, how do you accidentally find Pat Flynn? Like, how does anybody find Pat Flynn? Are they just searching for passive income? Is that what, is that what happened to you? Yeah. Funny thing, like tying it all, all together, I really love homebrewing beer. And Mm -hmm. I, at that point in time, I know nothing about that, by the way. Please explain. I was trying to become a, a master level BJCP judge at that time. Uh-huh. So I'm a national level, which is fairly, uh, it's respectable. It, it takes some time to get to that point. Right. So I was trying to go to the next level and there's very few in the whole world, like master level judges. So I was obsessed with brewing, reading books. I was, uh, grading exams for the BJCP and I was listening to podcasts Hmm. and I got burned out because it was about five years straight of me obsessively, like just digging into beer, which is a fun thing to do. But I was, um, like removing some of the fun by making it like a a challenge that was really hard to get. Yeah. So I was burned out with all the brewing podcasts. So I, I started browsing other podcasts and I just accidentally found smart passive income. So I started, I mean, literally I was like not interested in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I, I think I hated my job, but I didn't know it yet. Okay. And I, I didn't enjoy certain aspects of it, but I mean, I was working from home quite a bit. I had a lot of autonomy in, in different times, uh, the different projects that I was working on in, in management consulting. A lot of times you may move to a new project, essentially a new team, a new job every, you know, four months, six months, it moves pretty quick. So I had some periods where I was like, this is great. I love the people I'm working with. And other times where I was like, everybody's an asshole. So I literally accidentally found smart passive income. And I was like, ah, it sounds like a kind of a cool thing. I wouldn't mind having a few hundred bucks extra per month. Sure. Right. And then you were like, okay, I can, I can clearly do this. And so you did. And here we are, what that you said, 2013, what? So seven years later, almost not, uh, eight years later, still doing yep, it, yep. still liking it. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of back to like um, how much I'm making from different sources. So yeah. for a very long time, it was about 50, 50. And I made the decision early on that I wanted to make sure I had, um, you know, diverse income. Mm-hmm. So when commission rate changes come around or Google algorithm updates come around, it's not a complete, um, you know, shit show. Yeah. You have a little bit of, um, you have a little bit of uh, buffer. So you're not killed if there's some change with external sources. I mean, the reality is any, any business, any entrepreneur has to deal with external sources. So it's not, it's not unique to what we're sure. dealing with, but it's just like I had the option and, I can't remember the original question, but the, the point is I've, well, you I've, still like uh, it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I like it, but I'm, I'm branching out into like, um, you know, YouTube here, podcasting yeah. mm-hmm. and kind of ex- doing things that are new, but it's still in the same genre. So with that said, in the last, um, you know, last couple of years, I've started a couple of new sites, even though I'm, I'm really trying to not start new things, to be honest with you. I know but, that feeling. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still in the game and, you know, trying to grow new sites and see what happens. Like things change, right? Like yeah. if you started a new site five years ago, 
or if you started one five years ago, things are different now, like the growth trajectory. So I'm trying to stay very current and understanding like, you know, what's going on in our world right now. Right. Um, speaking of that, do you want to build a site? Yeah, let's do it. You want to do it? Um, yeah. Are you a, are you a runner? Do you run for exercise? Yeah. You know what? I, I used to run quite a bit. Uh, I did several half marathons and then I have an Achilles injury, so I'm not running nearly as much and it's probably better. You know, we're getting old mm -hmm. and the joints get a little uh, rusty. I feel so it. I feel in my I, ankles. I don't run at all, but uh, I don't think I've, I think the only time I ran was to get beer and that was, uh, and I was very winded and uh, I never wanted to do it again. But I, so I was watching a bunch of your um, KGR videos and I actually, so I, I have your spreadsheet and we're going to go through everything. Um, cause I want you to explain it. I want you to tell me how you did it, how you came up with it, all that stuff. But we'll get into that once we, once we go get to that stage. So here's my plan for this entire live show, which is totally different. I figured I'd do some prep. Why not? Um, and I figured since KGR is so specifically your thing and you invented it, even though I've seen it other places, and I was just like, that's Doug's thing. They should probably give him credit for that. Um, but like, I I thought to myself, what would actually be, what would actually be useful in a video to show people with KGR? Like, let's, let's literally create a list of keywords, but not just that, but let's actually build a site. And I'm going to be using Carbonate, which is my WordPress theme. I've already designed a logo, and I've already kind of come up with the concept, and I'll tell you exactly how I did it. So I'm going to um, share my screen, and I want to first talk about the actual website, if I can. So, um, and Doug, obviously, like, feel free to jump in and kind of stop me if I talk too much. I think, well, you're definitely going to talk too much if I know yes, you. Yes, well, that's true. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, yeah, um, let's uh, let's get into it. So, how are we gonna? You've already picked the niche. You already got the domain name. That's cool. Yeah. So the 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 niche is gonna be runners for. So this is a site for runners. I'm thinking affiliate site, and I'll and there's a reason I came up with that. So I didn't just come up with runners because I'm like, oh, I'm a runner. I, you're, you know, I know you had used it in one of your videos as a reference, but that's actually not why I chose it. Um, I really wanted to choose a beer website. But then I was like, I really couldn't find good stuff around beer that wasn't already homebrewing, which is what I already, you know, kind of, I already have a website based on that. So, um, so I don't, I'm not interested in running. And what I want to do with this site is I want to kind of build it in real time, you know, while talking it out. Um, it's not going to take me very long to do. And I want to give it away. So once we come up with the, the actual, like, the website design itself, we're not going to do any content, obviously, that would take us forever. Um, but we're not, but we're going to create the site. I already have the domain name. I already have a logo. Uh, we're going to quickly design the site. We're going to quickly come up with a list of a few keywords using the KGR method. And then I'm going to give it away. And the way that I'm going to do that is I have a new uh, product coming out called uh, Money Lab Pro. And you can go to Money Lab dot co slash pro to sign up it is 49 dollars a month or 499 a year and that's supposed to be launching on february 1st but we're launching it kind of soft today because that was the original day we were supposed to launch it today but now 
I was like, well, I needed more time to beef it up, but I actually got a lot of it done already. There's a community already set up. Um, all of the courses are available, so you'll get Carbonate, you'll get the WordPress theme, you'll get um, Asana for bloggers, YouTube for bloggers, SEO for bloggers, uh, all of them. What's the other one? Mon I have a news course that I'm coming out with called Monetization for Bloggers, but currently it's called Affiliate Marketing Video Course. So all of that, if you sign up for Money Lab Pro, I'm going to um, have some people reach out to me and I will give this site away. So it's going to be called, I don't know if you can see it right now, but this is the what the site looks like. It's the 2020 theme for WordPress. Um, the name of the domain name is runnercountry.com. And it is a .com that I found. Um, and I'm going to pull up. This is the logo. What do you think of that? Looks good. Um, so let's quickly build the site. So I have uh, in here... I actually already uploaded the theme. So if you go here, here's the theme. I'm going to activate it. So now it's activated. Okay. That's what it looks like. Um, and let's go ahead and that's actually not what, I don't know why it's doing that. Cause I guess because it has the, uh, the page, oh, in there. Yeah. but yep. let's go over to let's, let's upload the thumbnail and let's get a, um, let's, let's figure this all out up here real quick. So, uh, to kind of show you how to do this, one, we need to upload a logo. So I'm going to upload a logo, uh, actually to the media library and we're going to delete this because who wants this? And again, if what it, that? what's that? I said, what is that even just, just a, you know, a box, you know, nice WordPress. Nice job. So I'm going to upload an SVG and I'm also going to upload uh, a PNG of the same logo just because I don't know which one's going to work right now. And so we have to go into appearance and we have to go to theme editor and I understand, I know how this works. Okay. Uh, so we're going to do logo dot SVG. That's fine, but I actually named it. So runner country logo dot SVG. Let's update that. And that should update if that was the right name. Um, of course, like I'm going to screw this up, right? Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to do is watch people type. Why? Yeah, that's a, oh, I know. Why no, I'm just it. kidding, man. Cause you're making mistakes. I'm just uh, busting your balls here. So <laughs> I will, I'll talk to the people in the chat while you're working on that stuff. Of course, yeah, interrupt do. me, but I know we got geared in, we have uh Savar in. I saw Josh, my man, Josh from Austin and Adrian, of course, few other folks, a lot of the usual suspects, Quincy, a lot of, a lot of cool people. This is great. So really appreciate everyone hopping on. And yeah, actually, I'm just curious how many people have um, already kind of explored Money Lab Pro? Like, it's, it's it not like, even, it's like, it's just up today. Okay. Okay. Exciting. So yeah, we haven't really done anything. Gotcha. And I was going to say, I've used Carbonate. I, you know, Actually, I bought a subscription, like or bought a uh, the license for it, and mm -hmm. it was pretty pretty awesome to use. I had, I mean, I do have a little bit of a coding background, so it was fun getting in there. But a couple things, I was just like, ah, like I wish I could do this, and I kind of ran into a brick wall. I couldn't figure out how to do it, so I just couldn't implement certain things. But 
it's so fast and I think it's a beautiful platform for people, especially if you have a little coding background or you're not scared of digging in, mm -hmm. like everything's right there. You don't have to screw around with a interface, which I find often just slows things down if you're dealing with like WordPress admin. You right. Know? Um, yeah, so here we go. I'm just gonna add this in here. Like so. And there it is up in the top. Um, so the other thing I need to do is I need to add a, if I have this background here, I have this color that I chose. So I'm just gonna copy the hex code. And within the themes here, you can actually go to the CSS file. And I actually have all these colors already set up. So like I have blue and so I could just change blue to that if I wanted to and then hit update and then I could go back to the main index and I could change this background instead of it saying black background, I can have it say blue background, hit update there. I can go over to the header and that's also set to black background and I can change that to blue background and that's pretty much it and there we go that's that's kind of the whole brand right there and now i have to obviously go in and fix all of the uh they obviously added all this extra stuff in here uh like i don't know what all of this is but this all just kind of came over with with 2020 so i think what we might have to do and i'll, I'll fix this all up before we like i actually give it away i'm not gonna but I think 2020, whatever this did, it just kind of screwed it all up. Um, but that's pretty much what it looks like. And it's super fast. And let's see if we go to any other. Yeah. Whoops. All right. So we have it. This is the this is pretty much the website. And again, I will I will fix it up. But it's runnercountry.com. And Runner Country, I have a logo. I have an SVG version of it. I have the color schemes. I have everything. So uh, if you are interested in this, you know, we'll use it. Now, or I'll give it away in Money Lab Pro. MoneyLab.co slash pro. So here's what I did. I used Ahrefs. Now I use Ahrefs. You don't do you you don't use Ahrefs, do you? I I use a variety of tools. Ahrefs is one of them. Ahrefs is one of them. Okay. Um so here's how I came up with uh, this sort of niche really fast. I actually went in, and I don't know if you can see it up here, but I typed in, the, like, you can go to Keywords Explorer, which is the tool within Ahrefs, and I just typed in the word best. And obviously, I got a, like, massive list of keywords, right? And so according to uh, Keyword Golden Ratio, you're looking for keywords that have a max volume, a search volume of 250. Is that right? Yep, that's right. And I want you to explain this in a second, but I'm just going to shortly explain how I got to this niche. So I maxed out, I did a minimum, you know, of whatever, and then I maxed it out at 250. So I found everything that was 250, and I just started scrolling through this m massive list of keywords. And the thing that came up twice that I thought would have a good, like be good for an affiliate site was running stuff. It came up twice in like the second or third page. And so I was like, okay, this seems like a pretty decent 
niche, right? So then what I did was I included the words runner and and runners and I hit apply and I got basically this giant list of keywords that are all under that are 250 and under. So what do you think about that? Is that all right? Yeah, so far so good. And if I may define yeah. the keyword golden ratio for people that are unfamiliar. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So it's a data-driven keywords and they're generally underserved on the internet. And like you said, Matt, you're looking for 250 searches or less. But the key thing here is you need to find the all-in title results. And all-in title is a advanced Google search command. Mm -hmm. So you go to your normal search field and you would type in all-in title, like all one word, no spaces, colon, and then you type in the keyword phrase. So some of the ones that I couldn't read your screen right there, but some of the ones maybe that came up was how to train for a marathon, for example. Right. There's probably way too many searches, but that could be the search phrase that you're looking for. As an so informational post. In title. Yep, exactly. Yep. yep. So and to, to flip it around, right, you could say um, best marathon, or sorry, best running shoes for a woman running a marathon, right? So it's very mm -hmm. specific. And it, the more specific you get with a keyword phrase, usually the fewer searches you're going to find. Mm -hmm. These are long tail keywords, essentially. So a lot of people have heard of long tail. If you do any sort of keyword research or you read the blogs that are associated with any of the research tools, they'll talk about long tail keywords. And these are just very specific terms. So oftentimes those are lower search volumes anyway. Right. So you would type in all in title, colon, and then how to run a marathon. Right. And then the return, you get some number of results. Now, a lot of people will say, hey, no one actually searches with all in title. That, that's true. We're right. just getting a handle on who on the internet has published a piece of content that put that title put all those words in the title of the post. If someone put all those words in the title of the post, they're probably intentionally trying to target that keyword and related keywords. Mm -hmm. So if there are very few people that targeted that, that means it's underserved on the internet. It's mm -hmm. a data-driven way to kind of look at the supply and demand. So you take that all in title and then you divide it by the number of searches for that keyword phrase. So you, you could, you know, use hrefs you could use any tool that you want to well, like what, i usually am pretty agnostic yeah so that. as you just said that i just typed in the words how to in the search in the keyword explorer and then did the same exact thing i i maxed it out at 250 uh volume and then i included any either runner or runners um or you could probably even include the word run but you'll probably get stuff that's like you know how to run a wordpress site or how you know um so you can see here um, how to become a good runner, how to make a rum runner. That's not the same thing, but, um, there's certain you're, this is one of those things where I think you'd have to go through and pick the ones that make sense to you. And I think when I watched your video, you also used Google, right? You were, you were using just like, you could just type in like how to run faster, right? Or like, what else were you, what else would you do something like, like here? What would you, how would you like use this? 
the auto search. Before the I answer that, mm -hmm. let me tell you the ratio. So you take all entitled results and then you divide by the search volume and you want it to be under 0.25. Mm -hmm. So you're looking for this criteria. It's a very simple formula. We can get into some of the details of that, but that is the ratio. You want it to be under 0.25. And so you're, you're Back to the question that you asked about well, the auto well, kind of going on that. What, what, how, why, what, how did you come to this like formula? I was in a couple mastermind groups with a few people back in circa, I would say 2014, 2015. And people were kind of, you know, it was a, it was a shifting time in the internet marketing world and people were going after big keywords they were getting, you know, three, 8,000, 10,000 searches per month. And we right. were able to do a bunch of uh, sort of gray hat kind of link building, which eventually Google penalized that stuff. And mm -hmm. people were going after lower competition, lower search volume keywords. And I got penalized a few times. I had basically the whole, you know, sort of portfolio go from, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars a day, whatever, right? And then to zero. And I was like, oh, that sucks. I'm not going to do that again. And I tried to relaunch some of these sites going after big keywords. And then I realized that wasn't working the same way mm. as it was before. So I thought, well, I, I like to make sort of drastic changes. So instead of going for big keywords, I was going after low search volume. And some of the people that I was chatting with back then, uh, like uh, Lewis and Quentin and Rob, and I'm just using their first names to, you know, some of them are kind of un underground mm -hmm. and Shauna, um, they kind of pieced together a couple things. And over time I was like, okay, there's, you know, low search volume here. There's a ratio here. Some people are looking at these different areas and using all in title. So yeah. I kind of pulled it together and, um, luckily I was showing one of my friends who, you know, he was wanting to start a site and he was like, Oh man, this is a uh, Doug's golden ratio. Um, this is what we want to go after. And I was like, can I use that name? So keyword golden ratio uh, and for marketers out there, right? If you want something to stick, you put golden put ratio on it. on it. Right. Yeah. It, well, golden ratio is really magical because you could, you can do stupid names and they don't work, but golden ratio, people like that. They think it's related to the actual golden ratio. It's not related. It's just the one good marketing move that I've made. So, uh, so that's the where one I started. And move. then <laughs> I, I tested it out on a small scale with about 20 articles. Uh -huh. And, you know, after two months, um, I was like, I don't know if it's doing anything. And then it popped, started getting more traffic. This mm. was in uh, 2016. I, early 2016, I was like, this is working. I'm going to keep reinvesting and I'm going to scale this out. I published like 200 articles um, over the course of about five months. And the site went from a hundred. This is back when the commissions were a little more favorable for us. Right. And you're but talking about Amazon. This site made, yeah. yeah. Amazon commissions. So mm -hmm. I was making about, I made about a hundred dollars or so in the January uh, month. And then in December I made like 15,000. Wow. So what? So that was a great case study for me to tell people about this, this thing. Okay. And, and why do you think originally your sites were hit? Like, what were you doing that you, that you now, like looking back on it, like I would have done it differently. So I was using private blog networks. So PBNs yep. and those are just 
expired domains that people put together. And then the other thing is I was, I'm a decent organizer and networker and stuff like that. So I actually pulled together other influencers that had their own PBNs and we like combined them together. It was very secretive. And then some of our other mutual friends, like people, you know, mm -hmm. were selling links on their network. So everyone was kind of like in this, we were all, you know, yeah, we used to call these link farms there. Yeah. Yeah. So it was very, you know, that's just what people were doing. That's what the people that were more experienced were teaching me to do. That's and then, so, you know, that's so nuts that like, I learned that that was bad in 2008. And yet in 2000, what, what, like three or four years later, or even up like as far as 2016, not that long ago. Yeah. Well, it was a couple. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. so nuts that like clearly I thought the internet was like, oh, we're, we're not doing, you know, link farms anymore. Yet there are still people on the internet who are like, it's working. It's still working. Yo, but get this, Matt. So I interviewed a dude uh, yesterday mm -hmm. who started a site and hit 10, 11 K. Actually, he's in uh, making euros. So it's actually closer to like 14, 15 K yeah. in like a year. He's getting huge amounts of traffic. Dude is using a PBN. I mean, I've known that it's still all this shit still works, man. But it's, it's just like, but it's not timeless, right? Eventually, it catches up to you, and you know, it's like a shortcut. It's a shortcut to a lot of traffic. But then after that, I think what you said earlier about Google getting wise, you know, like you can get a lot of bad SEO on your website. You, somebody can pay for a bunch of bad links. Why you would want to pay for that, I have no idea. But let's say you do. Uh, I'm sure it's happened to me before. I'm I'm impervious to it because Google's like we trust this site. Like we know he's he's never built a backlink in his life. Oh, all of a sudden, some he gets like you know 500 pieces of shit links. Like of course it looks awful. Like again, you mentioned this earlier. Google is way smarter, you know. And I've been saying for a long time that backlinks don't matter. Um, it's it's really just like, and I don't know if you believe that. I don't think I think I, I'm I the only one riding that train. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at it, well, here's the thing with data or like if you're taking like exit polls or whatever data, whatever study, like you can find data to prove the point that you want to prove. So right. I know like there are sites that are killing it. They did no link building on their own. They came naturally. There are other sites where like the dude I was just talking about, yeah, definitely a riskier situation, but he implemented a kind of a, a bad old way to build links using a PBN because, I mean, there's some ways to do it in a more thoughtful way. And I, I by the way, I don't condone people doing, or that's the wrong word. I don't care how people build links, but it's riskier. I don't advise people. If someone was like, hey, I heard I could build links this way. I would not tell them to build links in a gray hat fashion. Yeah. It's definitely less risky. So, and, and yeah, I just I tell think, people I mean, don't do it. Cause yeah. I, I mean, I started brew cabin with zero. I don't, I've never done it. And yet I rank for like every keyword. Why is that? Well, I mean, there's other, other sites outrank you for other stuff, right? Sure. You don't, you don't rank number one for every single keyword that you're trying no, to rank. No, and not even on, no, not on any, yeah, no, absolutely not. And then, you know, a lot of times, just kind of an aside, I, you know, people hire me for coaching and mm -hmm. they'll 
they're like, uh, you know, I think I should maybe start another site and they're maybe they're making like 800 bucks a month, which is great. Or maybe it's 2000. Right. But normally I could just say, Hey, do you think your site has reached the potential that it can? Like, are you even close to it? And right. I think most of the time people are not even close. They, it's, easier to start something new than to go back and iterate on something because that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I could sit here and spin up a site in, I mean, I didn't do it all live right here, but like for the most part, I could spin up a site very quickly. It's the writing of the content that takes a lot of work. And the question I get asked the most is, you know, where do you hire your writers? And, you know, I don't, I, I, I hired my writer because I put out a call to money lab and money lab only has like about 1600 subscribers. And I had a really, you know, kind of a long, complex um, application process. And one person out of 27 people blew it away, like completely just dominated that application process. And I was like, sold, hired, all the things. But when I tell people how much I spent to get those writers, it's like, oh, never mind. Because it's way too expensive. You know, like it's way like people want to you know, $100 for an article, maybe at the max, you know, like what are you currently spending on articles for your niche sites? So yeah, probably in the 80 some, some odd range there. I am using an agency, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a lot more expensive, but they do a lot more of the heavy lifting. Now, when I hired, um, one of the skills I have is like interviewing, hiring, and kind of going through an onboarding process. With writers, I actually don't interview them, but I just had like a good way to test them out. So if I was hiring writers, I would probably go to Upwork. I don't have like the complicated um, application process. I just get them on the job, do stuff. We'll see how they do. Mm -hmm. And then we'll adjust from there. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad. And I'm, I'm more likely to, you know, spawn up a team and hire several people and do a lot of work versus like you know you indicated you just hired one person and yeah. then it was going to be a per i mean you worked with that person for a very long time right yeah yeah uh three years so, so it's yeah it's a different strategy right it's like i don't i don't have i mean i have three sites um i had more but i have three now and really um you know my writer only worked on one of them uh, well two of them in the beginning and then only one or no three of them in the beginning because i had roasty and then went down to just doing my one site and then we went and then, you know, now she's no longer uh, working with me. So I'm kind of the only person doing all of the written content. And since we're at a place and again, I, I try to think of my sites not as a, you know, content, not as like a content. I don't know how to describe it, but I always describe my sites as textbooks is the best way that I can I can describe it because the way I think about it is there's a, you know, every year the same textbook comes out. There's just a new edition and there's like, there's, there's sections that have been updated. There's new things that have been added. There's things that have been changed. And so every year I kind of look at my site like, well, instead of having, having to create new stuff all the time, why not just go in and, you know, make a piece of content that's already ranking number one, even better, you know, whether that's, adding a graphic or multiple graphics or a video or a whole different section that kind of expands on the topic that maybe people don't, you know, think about or, or, you know, then, or what I do is I go into Google and, um, I will search that topic and, 
you know, whatever I'm, I'm trying to rank for. And I'll see all the people also ask sections and I'll just go, oh, here's some questions. I should probably answer them in my article, you know, in a way that Google will be able to go pluck it right out and then, you know, serve me up as that answer because I have a better written answer that's more, you know, whatever. So I constantly look at every time I go into a post, I will go to Google. I will type in the search term in incognito mode and I will go, okay, how do I improve this? You know, based on what Google is telling me people are asking about. Yep. But I, but but very rarely do I create new content anymore. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, but anyway, um, what I, what I like though, is the idea that being able, being a, being a site that's, and, and let me ask this question when you, like now that your sites are established, do you still practice the keyword golden ratio or do you only suggest that for new sites to kind of get them off the ground? And then, you know, it's very good for new sites. Mm -hmm. Usually in kind of the, the tagline is like, you can rank in 48 hours or less or 24 hours, something like that. Right. Certain niches are going to be more competitive and basically it's a, it's a volume play in many ways. So mm-hmm. it is, and I'll be, you know, clear about this. Some people think, cause I created the KGR that like, that's the only thing that I do. And it is just a tool in the toolbox, right? It's a good way to look at keywords, prioritize keywords. And I was coming from a spot when I created the KGR that I had a you know, a couple years of experience. I wasn't like brand new. I've had, you know, sites that were getting a ton of traffic and I just was kind of in a weird spot trying to figure out how to make this thing work again. Mm-hmm. So I think, well, just to finish answering your question here, if the, the other time that it's great to use a KGR is like, maybe you just bought a new site or you acquired right. a site and fashion yeah. and you're like hey i want to kick start it with some low competition keywords that are going to rank fast they don't necessarily have to be as long form or anything like that now of course long form content is great but if it's a simple question like uh, sometimes it, it might be a simple question or a mm-hmm. simple query in general you don't want to write like 2000 words about like the boiling temperature in denver it doesn't make sense it's like 200 what is it right and then like google's going to just like answer that in it's built in, you know, answering format. Yeah. 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 So you can answer a question more quickly if you need to elaborate on, you know, air pressure and why the boiling temperature is a little bit different at different elevations. That's cool. But answer the question quick. No one wants to read a novel about like a three digit number. That's really interesting that you bring that up because like, are, do you subscribe to this idea that like shorter is better instead of like, or, or no, I think you did a video that was like, write the content to answer the question and that whether that's 500 words or 5,000 words, like that's the, that's the answer. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's, a, I mean, it, like if people, if people are like, okay, how long should it be? I'll tell right. them like 1300 words and that like, is probably going to be okay most of the time for most keywords. But yeah, if it's, if it's a simple thing, just answer the question. So quick example with uh, like SEO and like, let's say you're looking up a recipe for uh, like baked chicken or something, mm-hmm. you Google it and then you end up like reading about 
someone's uh basically it's a blog post it's a yeah, thousand words story about uh, somebody's grandmother and their yeah. dog or some kind of thing and i'm like just what's the recipe you know like yeah. how long do i bake this thing at 350 you got to scroll down there's like videos and whatever right, so right. and there's ads that pop up that. and it's annoying yeah yeah so as long as it needs to be and i think you know if it needs to be if it's a deep topic if people are really into it then you can make it 5,000 words and someone's going to read the whole thing. Sure. Um, let's, let's really, let's dive into KGR real quick. Um, because we didn't, you told the, the ratio, you told the formula, but let's actually put it into play. So when you, so do you ever use Google itself to do keyword research? Almost always. Okay. So how do you yeah, like, so always, yeah. give me, give me an example of what you would do and I'll type it out for you. All right. So let me zoom in just a little bit so I can see. So do you remember any of the, um, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll just get into it. Best running shoes. So if I just type in best, or, I started even typing. I'm not even done yet. Yeah. It's now shoes, right? So yep. I can click that, but then I hit space again. Yep. Okay. Perfect. And then type in four, which four. Is, it's already mostly populating. All right. So those are probably like really good starting places because the format of this keyword phrase is best and then you have a product and then mm -hmm. you have four f-o-r mm -hmm. and then it's either a user type like a woman or a man or an application um which in in some in this case there's like high arches shin splints um and different details like that you may also be able to find like different applications. So it could be like for half marathon, for trail running, for road running, for cross training, whatever. So those are, that's like a classic, perfect kind of keyword. And you kind of have Buyers, to, do you have to know that? Like, I don't, I mean, I know what a half marathon and I mean, I know what those things are just as a human on the face of the earth. But I mean, if you're talking about a niche, that's not something like that's generic, like running, then you kind of have to know. You, to do it this way. You just, yeah, to do it this way, mm -hmm. um, you will get a lot of clues if you end up, you know, just typing in like C or it, just the letters of the oh, alphabet, right? right? Okay. And oh, so then, I do this a lot just, too. Yeah. Where I just go A, yeah. B, C. Yeah. Yep. There's tons of stuff. You, here. Yeah. So there's so many. And the thing is like, some of these are going to be super competitive. And even if there's only a hundred searches per month, mm -hmm. you're going to see that it's like the, some of the biggest names um, in the sort of running industry. And you're probably not going to be able to rank early on. So this is a good approach. Um, one tool that I like to use, is it okay if we mention other keyword tools? Yeah, here? yeah I don't, I'm not. Yeah. There's no affiliation. Okay. So I, I I'm never sponsored. Like <laughs> I don't. So Hrefs is great for certain things. I don't love it for keyword research. Why is that? At least my primary keyword research. Well, I, I don't think the, um, I don't like their sort of search um, volume algorithm. So usually their numbers are different than most of the other tools. I think they just use a longer average um, over, I think it may be 18 months instead of 12 months or something. I don't know. Okay. And then the other thing is I really don't like their KD number, which is something that, you know, a mm. lot of people, I think I watched a video that you did with Sean where you're like, Hey, I just filter on the KD number and that gets out most of the noise. 
I find personally, when you're going after these low search volume, low competition keywords, the KD number is not super accurate. Okay. So I don't have data behind it, but it's just like my feeling. And when people have approached me and they, they said, hey, I published all these KGR keywords and the KD number on yeah. hrefs was X, like the results were shitty. So, so, when, so if you're looking at a list like this, right? Um, and you are you can see like this best runners underwear is, or no, sorry, like best runners watch is at a 41, but it's still a key, but the, the volume is still 250. We could plug that into the keyword golden ratio formula. And you, even if it's 41 here, but if it works for that, you're like, I'm game. I'll do it. I'll, do, I'll tackle it. I will continue to look. So this is a big piece that some people miss. So you will find your KGR value. And if it's, let's say it's 0 0.1, mm -hmm. right? So it's under 0.25. So it's 0 0.1. We're in the good range. Google the term. Before you publish content, before you adopt the keyword as a KGR, Google it and then see what comes up because sometimes you're going to see, oh, this is actually very saturated for whatever reason with really good results. Maybe they're big names, maybe they're long form content, super high quality. Another thing that may happen is you may see all YouTube videos or some right. other kind of Format or e-commerce, right? Yes, e-commerce is another classic one where people find a keyword mm -hmm. that people don't want an affiliate site for. They don't want a content site. They want e-commerce. They want to buy the thing. So always, like, even if you're not using KGR, like you do keyword research, Google the term, see what's going on there. Now, the fact is, um, if you can be more specific, so let's say best uh, runner's watch is ranking for best runner's watch for sprint triathlons. Right. That's, that's very specific. And yeah. maybe you can answer it better because a person who's doing triathlons, they care about different stuff than the general runner. So you may be able to, even though higher uh, authority, higher domain rating sites are ranking for those keywords, if you can serve the visitor better, the, the person searching for information, then mm -hmm. you can come out on top. And this goes back to your point, Matt, of like, hey, if you write good content and you're like thoughtful about like what the query is, yeah. then sure, you can get the snippet, you can rank number one, you can outrank huge sites just because you, you're actually answering the, the searcher's question. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, you're, you can see it right here. I just added the word for, so you can see best running shoes for older runners, you know, and you it still gets, you know, a good amount of, you know, best carpet. No, that's not right. Uh, best foods for runners, best trail runners for through hiking. That's kind of weird. What I ended up doing though, um, and I ended up downloading your, so you have a spreadsheet that you give away for free. Um, and what's the, do you know, what's the URL that people can go to, to get that? It's this right here. Let's see if you, I think I emailed it to you earlier. I don't know it off the top of my head. It may be niche site project.com slash something. <laughs> I can find it for you in a second okay. here. So, um, so basically I just kind of like, um, d designed it a little bit, uh, just for the, sh just for the show, but um, it's essentially the idea here is you have your keyword, 
right? And then, well, this is what I love about this is it actually automatically does this for you, right? So I typed in best runners underwear because that was the first keyword that I had that was in there. And then you can click this and it'll actually do this thing. And I can, I can zoom in a little bit more up here. So in Google, you would type in all in title as one word, colon, and then your keyword. And essentially what that does is it looks for content on the internet that literally has these three words in that order, correct? In the title. Not, not in that order, but just if it's present in the title. So they could be out of order. And that's a... That's actually a really good question because some people want to put it in double quotes, which right. will look for that exact phrase, which you don't want to do. You want it to be a little bit more generous. Mm -hmm. And then you, yeah, there's, so it doesn't matter which order. If it if it's present in the title, it will detect it. And then you look at this number right here, the 10 results, right? Yes. And so back in your spreadsheet, you have the keyword, the all in title, which is 10. And then the search volume, which I got from Ahrefs, which uh, I think you you use different things. You had a plugin that you used for, I guess, Chrome, right? That would show you in Google that volume. Yep, yep that's right. It's called Keywords Everywhere. Um, it's a paid tool, but it's rather inexpensive. They used to just make it freely available, but people were sort of um, hacking it and putting bots attached to it. So it's okay. relatively inexpensive. And that's, like I said, I when you ask like, hey, do you do your keyword research in Google? I almost always do because Keywords Everywhere gives you the search volume, which is you know some of the important data that I'm looking for. Do you know where they're getting that volume data from? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think almost all of them get it from the same source. Mm -hmm. So, cause I emailed the dude, the developer and stuff. And he was like, yeah, we're, we're all using the same data and we, we get it from here. Got I it. can't remember what it is. So then what you're, so this spreadsheet will automatically create the link for you. So you can just click it and get this number. And then you have to type in the search volume, which you can use your keyword, uh, keywords everywhere plugin. Is it for Chrome, right? I assume. Yep. Chrome. And I think, uh, I think there may be a Firefox version, but yeah. Okay. Chrome. And that's, but you still have to pay for that. So is there any free, do you know, if, do you know of any free ones that would work for like to find just the volume number? Uber Suggest is still mm. out there, um, as far as I know. I haven't used it in a very long time. Have you, have you used it recently? Isn't, didn't didn't Neil Patel buy that? Yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. Um, no, I haven't used. I only use Ahrefs, and that's just because I do all. I just like kind of every. It's like an all-in-one tool for me, so it's like I can do my tracking. I can do, you know, the SEO audit thing, which I like to do, and. Um, so I just kind of, since I pay for it, I just kind of use that, but I have done, and I'm, and I'm actually planning on adding a video in, uh, to my SEO course. That's how to do like bulk keyword research using Ahrefs, but you know, in the, in the, for seven bucks, you know, for $7, you get the seven day trial and who knows, it might change when I say this, but, um, but basically being able to do a ton of, you know, you have to, obviously have to have the website already in mind, your, your, your niche already in mind. And then I can show you how to like bulk keyword research. And, and this would work great because, um, in, you know, when you're just doing the free trial with Ahrefs, you can't get some of the real high volume keywords. You can really only get the low volume stuff. 
So this is that's Got why it. that that would be awesome for this. So um, and then so you're you're uh, so this automatically creates this zero. Uh, it has to be under zero point two five. Point two five. Point two five. Why that number? So that was one of the pieces, like I said, there was a mastermind group that I, I was in and someone was like, yeah, I'm kind of aiming for 0.25, um, under 0.25. And then, you know, I kind of played with it. And, you know, one of the, one of the key things here, and we should really emphasize it, mm -hmm. the keyword search volume is just an estimate. So any tool that you're getting it from is getting some seed data from somewhere. I'm not even sure where it's from. I think, I don't think Google, Google is like releasing that data freely no. to my knowledge. Right. No. So like they're getting it from another source and they're running it through their own proprietary algorithm and they're getting some number. So even if they say like 47 people are searching for it per month, that's an estimate and it could yeah. be completely, completely wrong. And if it's, if it's averaged over the course of 12 months, it could be, um, you know, 500 one month and then zero for several months, mm -hmm. depending on what they are. So a search volume is an estimate by a tool. However, it does give us some like baseline, especially relatively speaking. So if we see best runner shoes versus best uh, like runners underwear for marathons, there's going to be a huge difference in those search volumes. And in a relative sense, we know like, oh, people are not searching for this one as much and they're searching for that a lot more. So one reason why it's 0.25 is that's a very aggressive number. It's a very aggressive ratio. That means there are, it, like at a maximum, there's going to be 62.5, right? So we're, I'm turning the formula around. So 250 and 0.25, you end up with 62.5. So basically, you know, if you are at the maximum search volume in 0.25 ratio, you're dealing with uh, 62 results, basically 62 other sites that are intentionally ranking or intentionally trying to rank for that term. Right. So all that today, it's an aggressive uh, ratio and people are using different search tools, right? So I needed to make this like aggressive enough so that if someone used hrefs, if someone used some new tool that we haven't even heard of, if someone's using KW Finder or SEMrush or whatever, that mm. it would still work. And part of the magic of this formula is there's only two numbers you have to find. So another you know argument, people are like, ah, oh, Doug, this is so stupid. Like it's not going to work. Keyword research volumes aren't even real; they're estimated. Right. And uh, you don't know like what tool they're using. So how can e this whole thing even work? And, you know, the fact is it's just a very aggressive sort of formula and it tends to work out most of the time. Hmm. So it, yeah, it just, it, and you've, you've tested this with your own sites. Yeah. But you know what? Throw out my sites. Who cares? If okay. you go start searching um, for success stories, there's like so many of my students or people that have followed it and they're like, it did awesome. Now, I will also say there's a bunch of people who are, who say, hey, I did the KGR and it's not working for me. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10 when I check out their site, it's um, you know terrible content, grammar is completely wrong, sure. clearly not an English speaker um, or native English speaker writing it. And you know, there could be formatting issues. It's just 
you know, usually really poorly written content. Now that's not to say it hasn't worked for people that actually publish good content, but there's a ton of success stories for keyword golden ratio. Yeah. And I, it looks like it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty aggressive already because I've done two while we were talking and they nowhere near worked, even though they're sort of long tail. So, I mean, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, best trail runners for backpacking, best Bluetooth headphones for runners. Um, you know, maybe I, I don't, I don't know which ones are like, what would be a try good, that, um, which one? Well, check out um, the best energy bars for runners. So, you know, I, I was bashing HREFs. I, I love the tool. I still use it all the time, but there's, um, you know, the KD number is, maybe not as accurate, but you know, I still look at it. It's a good way to, um, kind of narrow it down. So best energy bars for runners, 118 results. So you type in 118 there. Oh no, sorry. Not there. 118 there. Yeah. And then, then he searches what they're getting. Did you see it? Yeah, it's, it's on there, but, um, it's a little blurry for me right now. I can't, read it uh i see it a uh, hundred somewhere in there and quick yeah. quick note here too so these are long tail keywords and their kgr is you know in the range where it's shading it red mm -hmm. just because the kgr value is over 0.25 doesn't mean it's a bad keyword it doesn't mean that i wouldn't publish content on it so like i said before kgr is a great tool and it's a great way to you know get a site started revitalize a site that's sort of been stagnant mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you shouldn't go after keywords that no and don't fit the range yeah and and we back in the day uh we used to call this low-hanging fruit Right. Is that like that's the name of the keywords that we would go after. And so this is a great way to kind of find out those very, very specific keywords. These are the, the low hanging fruit keywords that if you were to go after it, you're you're saying that you rank pretty fast. And you've I mean, you've said and, and seen how fast. Yep. Yeah. So I'll I'll give the exceptional examples. A couple of people that I've interviewed you know, a few months here. Mm -hmm. So there was a guy that runs a marketing agency named Robin and he had a post rank in like 43 seconds in the top 10. And it was for a client site. And that's a great, obviously a great way to prove your worth to the client. Like, Hey, I'm publishing content. We're ranking quickly and that sort of thing. So that's sort of the fastest that I've heard of. And then there's a guy named Garav who I've interviewed a, a few times. He um, just had a video. My interview with him went live on Monday, but he bought a site in April right before the Amazon commission rate change. And yep. he's published about, I think, 500 articles. He hit 10K per month in December. 10K in per month for Amazon. In Amazon, right? He'd be making probably double that. It's all Amazon. But man. but uh, I mean, obviously, December is a huge month for Amazon. You know, you're 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 making because I remember when I had Roasty, uh, in the first year, I went from 
uh, I went from zero, obviously, to about $7,000 a month in December. And then it kind of leveled off at about $3,000 a month, you know, kind of going past that. Yeah. You know, so that was most of the year. And then I got hit in 2018 and it went down to 1500 a month. But then having a a big December. Yep. Yep. I mean, I have friends um, who make hundreds of thousands of dollars in December on in just one month with just Amazon. So, yeah, it's definitely possible uh, depending on the the niche, of course. Yep. Yep. And obviously it's. you know, an HR exercise. He hired writers and he, he did a ton of work, but yeah. all KGR, all KGR um, keyword research. So, and, and that like is, literally going after all greens or was he kind of going like after stuff that was like slightly over? Uh, to my knowledge, um, you know what? I don't know the answer okay. to that question. I, I think it's definitely like in the probably not over 0.5, but again, like if you were to, you know, really look at this, there's a chance, you know, if someone used a different keyword research tool, they may end up with 120 searches instead of 80. Right. So your, your numbers would be a little bit off. And if, if you went after something that was 0.35 instead of 0.25, it's probably not the worst thing in the world. Okay. Um, do you want to answer some questions while we're here? Yeah. And then we'll yeah. wrap things up. Um, real quick though, uh, if you want to learn about any of this stuff, you would point people over to nitsiteproject.com. Is that correct? Yep, that's, that's kind of right. Where you're, that's where that's you're right. hanging out nowadays. Yep. So there's a whole there's a whole section on the keyword golden ratio. So it's just keyword golden ratio. Um, or there's some dashes in between, but you, you could find the link. You could find it if you search for it. Mm-hmm. So there's several videos in there. There's a link to download the template that Matt was using right yep. here. So it makes it a little bit easier to go through the whole process. All right, cool. Um, so, I mean, real quick, thank you for coming on and doing this. You of know. course, man. Hopefully it's the first of many. Yes. Oh, I mean, regular guests all day. This is kind of the show is... Friends, we, we we invite friends on the show, friends of the show, and friends of me, of course. Um, so if anyone has any questions right now, I'm going to go back through the chat and I'm going to put them put them up on screen, and we're going to answer them. It can be about anything, but if you want to keep it uh, into this category, we can do that, or we can kind of answer anything online business. I'm happy to do that. So I'm going to kind of run all the way back up through the chat and bring this back. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um didn't have didn't didn't have one of those this episode. Um but Rush Pink asks, I'm interested to hear about the balance of creating a niche site that is worthwhile, but without taking up crazy amount of time creating new and updated content. Do you have any insight into that and how you would kind of approach that? So I think Overall, if you if you want to create like a business and you, you want it to be sort sort of passive, you will have to make some sacrifices. Now, you mentioned, you know, a crazy amount of time, which I think is all relative for each person. So, you're saying a niche site that's worthwhile without taking up a crazy amount of time. And I, I think those are completely different topics. So, hmm. um, creating a site 
could be um, like something you do on the side. I mean, it yeah, that's, that's on, something. I will say this, like I can create a site in literally an hour, um, but I've done this a million times and I've been doing this since like 2004. So, I, you know, I feel like it's very unfair for me to say like, yeah, just spin up a site an hour. You know, it's like, no, it, I, you know, and I know that you came from a, a software background. So it's like, but for people who don't even understand the concept of hosting, because I remember when I first had to learn hosting and domain, you know, like, wait, domains are different than hosting. Like, what's the difference? Those things can be daunting because they're very technical. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't any, I wasn't even a computer person when I first started, you know, and then I learned yeah. all this stuff later. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess the, the main idea here is the amount of time creating new and updated content. So number one, it may take some time to create that content initially, but it doesn't have to be sort of like the final version right away. So yeah, Matt, you mentioned sort of iterating on it. And I think that's a great way to approach it. Maybe you want to have a 5,000 word post, but when you first publish it, maybe it's only 1500 words. And then you go back over time and you add to it. That's money lab. I mean, that's every single post is, is sometimes I will publish a post with like 300 words to kind of get it started, literally email everybody, you know, or, or tweet it or whatever, promote it. And then over time, as I get feedback, um, I call this frictionless publishing because I can just kind of keep adding to it, adding to it, adding to it, which is the great part about the internet as opposed to textbooks, which is like, you have to constantly keep selling these college kids new textbooks every year. And that's how they make their money. But with the internet, you can just kind of con consistently update and improve and refine. And every year it changes. Cause like for some articles that I write, you know, I might write something and then that product's discontinued or that, or you know what there, that doesn't really make sense anymore because things have changed. That definitely happens in homebrewing, right? It's like, you know, everyone has these like tried and true. It's all about hot side aeration. Like you got it, you got to remove it. And then someone does a bunch of experiments and it's like, well, maybe we didn't, maybe it's not that important. We don't know. So it's like, you can kind of like go back and forth and constant, especially in, I feel like homebrewing is like one of the best where you can, where things are constantly changing and you can go back into like, like a yeast starter post. It's like, oh, we should be spinning it with a stir bar. Actually, maybe you should be swishing it around like this as opposed to like actually having a bar in there that's, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, I think, yeah, I, you know, you're right. I don't, a crazy amount of time creating new and updated content. What else are you going to do? Well, there's nothing else to do, right? That is this entire business. <laughs> so like my, <laughs> my day job is creating content. That's what I do. And then that's how I make money. So I think like if you're doing it on the side, I always tell people like do whatever it takes to get your site up as fast as possible. And then basically every night when you come home after your after work, which is what I did, you're writing articles. That's what you're doing. Like that's right your on. job. And, and I'm going to pepper in something a little bit different. I, I don't know, it, you know, if you cover this specifically, Matt, in other areas, but in my, um, in, in one of my courses, I talk about earning from different revenue streams. And it's, I alluded to it earlier, like I, I did that from the beginning. And I think it's really important, you know, we're talking Amazon affiliate and, you know, maybe some related stuff. But at this point in time, I think it's super important to also find keywords that are informational so you can run ads. I don't mm -hmm. love the experience of seeing ads on a site, but if you're like, hey, I want to publish content and I want to also 
earn from various sources, that is a way to do it. So you can run yeah. display ads. And then on the affiliate side, something I think that's kind of neglected, although Matt, you and I do it because we're in internet marketing, is digital products. We're talking courses and software. Yep. And you know, looking at you know running, right? I'll give people a few ideas. I'm 90% sure you can find running courses and you could be an affiliate for those courses and digital products pay out a higher rate um, than especially Amazon. Amazon's given us like, you know, pennies on the dollar basically. Yeah. And with a digital product, you know, you get 30, 40, 50% and they're more expensive. And there are courses on almost anything. Just start looking and you'll find them. There's also software too. So there's various software for uh, runners and, and any niche that you're thinking of. You can find them. There's brewing software, of course. Yep. If you're into photography and digital media, there's editing software. So you, you just have to look. It's out there. And a lot of them are recurring too, which is nice. Because you have to do sell once and then you're making that money over and over again. Yep. Um, all right. Are you planning on creating backlinks for the website that you're launching or just create quality content that gain links naturally? And I think I kind of touched on this earlier. Um, obviously I'm going to be giving this site to somebody who wants it, anybody who wants it. Um, you got to tell me how you're going to, how you're going to do it. I don't know. You could, you could buy backlinks. You could create your own backlinks, do outreach that way. You could do what I do, which is just kind of have it gain naturally. It takes time. That's definitely going to take years. Um, but it's, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think, do you, do you, for niche site project for your like actual, for your like home base website, do you build links for that? Or do you like just kind of do your thing there and, and sort of treat it like a home base for yourself? Well, over the course of seven years, I've had times where I was guest posting. Oh, and, right. You know, okay. it's a little, it's a little bit different, right? Because, you know, for example, you and I have a brand, Matt, mm -hmm. so we can email people and say, Hey, I would love to, um, write a guest post to have a cool case study. I want to share. And I've done that. And it is a lot of work. It definitely pays off because you're out in front of other audiences. You get some, you know, obviously some good backlinks out there. The, sort of other thing you can do. And I'll, I would propose uh, for people, if you actually end up winning the site, check out moneylab.pro, right? Yeah. Moneylab.co slash pro. I wish I had moneylab. Okay. I should probably yeah. buy moneylabpro.com, but I don't have it. So don't uh, go there. Okay. So you could, because you know Matt and I love podcasting, you could be a guest on podcast. That's really you easy. Get yeah. Back from that. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a different way to do it. You're not bugging people in the same way. You know, Matt and I probably get dozens of emails a week where it's like, Hey, can I guest post on your site? I want to do this thing. Can like, we work together somehow. They're trying to get us to work for them for free, which we don't want to do. No. Right. And yeah. They're just spamming the internet. So you could do it. You could do it differently and you can reach out to podcast and potentially be a guest there. Of course, you would have to be able to talk for a while and have some hopefully interesting story. It's kind of important to be involved in that niche if you're actually going to try to, to do That's the podcast. That's true. Yeah. yeah. If you're just starting a you do you have, um, are, are any of your niche sites or niche sites personal to you or are they all kind of just like they run the gamut of like all different industries that you're like, nah, I don't really care about this. 
Uh, it's it's a mix. It's so a mix. I have realized that as I've, I don't know, I guess been more successful and I don't have to build as many new sites or mm-hmm. do as much stuff and I can kind of pick things that I want to work on. It's very clear that the niches that I'm not interested in, I just don't do anything with. So yeah. the newer ones, I am trying to make sure it's like, Hey, this is something I could work on for like three to five years. You know, and that's really interesting because, uh, a lot of people asked when I sold, when I sold roasty, they were just like, and I remember Andrew being so angry at me. Like, why did you sell that? It was so great. And I go, and my, my argument was, well, one, I needed the money at the time. And two, I was like, it's just not a topic that I'm passionate about. Like, not that I don't, I drink coffee every day, but I use the same method over and over and over again. And it got to a point where like I had tried every single method of, of brewing coffee. I've tried every single different coffee. And I just realized I like what I like and I'm not really a coffee nerd or really a snob. And so it was really difficult for me to kind of, and I didn't want to be a part of that world person as like a personal, you know, as a, as a face, you know, not that my face or I believe people's faces have to be a part of every brand, but um, I mean, for Brew Cabin, my face was not a part of the brand for three, four years. I am just now starting to make videos, and now I'm I am becoming a face, and it's weird uh, to be like to have these people that you followed and that you respect at like very very high level to all of a sudden look at your stuff and go like, hey, that guy is part of a part of our community, and I'm like. Oh, that's what it feels like to be a part of a community. I haven't experienced that in a long time. And um, we have another question, uh, which was, uh, does video have a place? Now, you have. do you have any videos on your other sites? Or do you just stick to writing? I stick to writing. I think if you, you know, if you work creating videos, it would be fantastic. Now... People often ask, hey, can you do the KGR for YouTube search? The answer is no, because you can't really get the search volume there. Now, the fact is- Oh, I see. Like you can create videos on the topics that you have found in the written word, and that would be fine. Like do that. That's a great approach, but you can't get the search volume from YouTube. So it's just not there. And it's because that YouTube- is just the second largest search engine. And so like, they just don't have as many, it's just, there's not as much data there or what's the, why do we think that is? Uh, I think Google doesn't give a fuck to give us the data. So there's like no way to get it. So well, if, what you, about, if you use a search tool and it tells you that there's a number of YouTube searches, yeah. they've run it through their algorithm. Like it's not a real number. But if there's right? a video on a topic, won't like, what are the odds that Google is going to actually serve up the video on their search results, like on google.com? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. So we're, so at swim university, we're seeing that as like a very, very good method of, you know, kind of not, it's like, it's it very, uh, feels very old school, but we're able to kind of like leapfrog a lot. I mean, swim university has been around for forever, but like we've been able to leapfrog a lot of keywords um, because we'll do a video on a topic and Google will favor the videos above all the rest of the search. And so all of a sudden my fucking face is like the top of Google for a certain keyword. And I'm just like, oh, then it's funny. Cause you can go into YouTube and you can find those, 
like you can see that and unfortunately you can't do this because I, I asked you on your live stream because I was like I was trying to look something up and I couldn't figure it out so you so YouTube will tell you that you are you know this is how you're getting views like all the different breakdowns for traffic and one of them is external and then it will tell you where externally it'll say like oh it's coming from Twitter it's coming from Google and so we noticed that like one of our videos was just like like doing this and we're like why is it blowing up and it was like oh most of it's coming from external and most of it's coming from google but it wouldn't tell us what keywords we were at the top of so it literally became impossible for me to find out and i guess i there's really nothing i can do even if i did find out i was just curious you know what i mean yeah was it not a like the main keyword you were going for or something like you couldn't sort it wasn't of the main keyword no it wasn't the one we were going for it must have been something else that it got picked up and yeah it was like super weird and we were excited but it's like we how do we know i want to know because like maybe we should write an article for that keyword because clearly people are searching for it and like i also want to have you know written content around that too but yeah google um yeah. And and kind of the, to reiterate uh, that whole uh, 25 point 25, th there's no like real you. That's again, that's mainly just you sort of like over the years kind of finding that to be the magic number. And obviously yeah, round. Good, uh, yeah, it's a good <laughs> it's a good um, number to aim aim towards. So it could have arbitrarily been like point two eight. Right. R right. But it's but it's not. Uh, I mean, it's not point two eight, but it is arbitrarily point two five. Hmm. Um. So, what is so? Somebody had written this, and I'm going to see if I want to put this up on screen. Um. Do you follow Income School at all? I don't. I'm I'm aware of them. I see the question. You could feel free to put it up. I don't to post don't it. Mind. Okay, because I don't know. Is is do they, are they teaching your method, or they just have a similar one? So basically, and for the people that are, because this will be a podcast, right? So we need to yeah. read the question. So it says, no offense, oh, but what right. Doug is talking about now is basically the income school method. They mentioned about the KGR not working because you're not considering the competition right. So a couple things. Um, oh, well, you mentioned one, that. I I um, can't comment on what the income school method is. So just to be clear on that. Yeah, I don't know I what it is comment either. On, I, don't, I, I don't comment on what other people say about me because I don't know what they said and I try to stay out of the weeds. But it is true at some point income school did say the KGR didn't work. And um, I actually talked to him on the phone. I talked to Ricky on the phone, I believe. Um, and I, think, I can't remember if it was Jim or Ricky, but basically we had a conversation and, you know, it, it's all good. I have no issue with people talking about me, even if it's negative. There's actually several videos where people are like, KGR is bullshit. And I don't have an issue with that because as far as I know, if someone's talking about me, they're thinking about me. Sure. So, or they've tried it. Well, yeah. Or, or I mean, you know, or have they, or have they, you know, like, I'll be honest. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, most people that say, Hey, this doesn't work. They never even tried it. So here's why, look, you don't have to be, I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time. I could tell you that it definitely works. I know. I know. I don't even have to do it. You know, I know it works because what you're essentially doing is you're going after underserved content on the internet. That's it. 
and you just gave it a number. You just gave it a score is what you did. And I think that that's brilliant because now you can just plug something in and just go, you know what? It's a prioritization tool. It's not a black or white tool. It's if you're starting a brand new site and you want to rank really quickly for the for target keywords that are going to make some kind of money with either affiliate marketing or you have a product to sell, you now have some sort of system, doesn't matter which system it is, but you have this system which will basically give you a score whether you should prioritize it or not, whether you're going to rank fast or not. That's it. That's all it is. It's not like, oh, I tried one fucking keyword and I'm not ranking. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not. that's not the game. You mentioned it earlier. It's a game of volume. That's just the game that you play. That's not the game that I play personally, but that's how I grew up. That's how I started, you know, was playing that game. And now that I'm in a position where I don't have to worry about long tail keywords anymore. I am an, you know, and and I've done both. I've done, when I started Swim University, it was long tail, right? Then I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to do short keywords. I'm going to, you know, go after the big guys. And I was able to do that. With Brew Cabin, I started with the big keywords. Like I was like, I'm going to skip this whole, like, you know, uh, long tail process. I'm not saying I'm I gain traffic without any backlinks. That is my anecdotal experience. Um, and that was what I did. Now I'm in that world, the the keyword difficulty is low. So basically it's the same thing. So again, that's I think um I don't again, I don't know what what income school's method is. I know that they're they're they do a similar thing, right? They start a bunch of sites and do, do affiliate stuff and then they talk about it on their channel. From what I can tell, I don't really follow what they're doing, but yeah, they have a whole course and they're a huge, you know, they're doing good stuff. They seem to be good dudes and it, people seem to like, them, you mm, know, so okay. I don't have anything bad to say about anyone. No. Um, oh, what, one thing I want to point out with the KGR too, and I often run into people, they'll email me, they'll ask questions in the comments and they'll say, you know, I've, I've published all this content and this was, you know, kind of when I was pushing the KGR harder and really trying to get it out there, they would say, yeah, you know, I never ranked for anything, but in the 250, like the top 250 positions, right? Yeah. So I haven't ranked for anything and I've, I have like a hundred articles and I would say, try the KGR, like test it out on a couple keywords, just publish like five articles, see what happens. And they would rank and they would, they would see that it was working and it would sort of rejuvenate them and keep their momentum up which yeah. is super important to get like small wins. So that is like one of the key reasons why I think I, I put it in my, in my course, but then I gave it out for free. You know, I don't make any money from it. Right. So I'm no. I, I don't care if people think it doesn't work because I don't make money from it. No, I, no and that's, that's action. an interesting um, viewpoint because I used to argue a lot when I was doing list of money matters and I was doing the podcast, I used to shit on Dave Ramsey. That was like my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah. And then, and you know, I knew, I knew all of his concepts. I knew, you know, like there was this one concept called the emergency fund. You know, you have to have like a thousand dollars in an emergency fund, you know, put it in a picture frame, stick it in your closet, whatever. Um, and you know, break in case of emergencies. And so in my head, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But like, come on, there's like, you can get a lot deeper than that. The other thing that he mentioned was that this idea of the debt snowball method, right? You know that one, right? Where 
the idea was to pay off your big credit cards first, your your ones with the larger balance, or sorry, your your small balances first, right? Um, and I hated that. I was I used to give them shit constantly because I'm like, no, there's this other thing called the debt avalanche method where you should be paying off your high interest rate cards as opposed to your high or low balance cards. And my argument is the math works out in your favor, right? If you if you're paying off you know, high interest rate cards first, even though if they have high balances, like over time, you will pay off all your credit cards faster, right? And you will spend less money doing that. That's the debt avalanche. He's, he does the opposite. Until I heard, until I read his book and he, and he said one thing to me, which is what you just said, which was like, it's about that win. It's about that mental win of paying off a card, right? It's that it gives you the momentum to go to the next thing. I've never heard that said in in an SEO before. So that's that, I think that's unique. Thank you. Thank you. And it, obviously, I mean it's a concept uh that's all over the place, but sure. In my course, that's like the key thing and one of the one of the deals, right, is you may you may see case studies or examples and I'm guilty of this too, right? I'm trying to get people to pay attention to me. So I, I do the same sort of thing, but they will see um, someone published 500 articles. They published 200 articles and they think that's what they should aim for. They're like, I'm going to keep my head down. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to publish all this content. And I will often like encourage people to just do, do like 10 articles and then kind of see how it goes. And that's why the KGR is important because they could do a small amount of work and then mm. get a finished product that potentially can get one or two visitors, which is, you know, very modest. It's almost nothing. But yeah. one to two visitors is like, hey, someone found it. Now, the problem, and this is going back to my project management days, the problem with um, sort of the waterfall method, have you run into that with your software stuff that you've been in, getting into, Matt, waterfall? <laughs> no, I don't do software anymore. because yeah. Probably because I, I fell off a waterfall. <laughs> So the waterfall method, I'll describe it exactly for a niche site. Okay. You would find uh, keywords, all right? So you're like, hey, I'm going to find 500 keywords. I'm going to find all these 500 keywords before I start writing content. And then once you start writing content, you're going to write all 500 articles before you start promoting the site. Ignore link building. Let's say you're going to just do classic promotion okay. and try to work with people, talk at events or something like that. If you go that route, it may take you a very long time to find 500 keywords. It's going to take you even longer to publish 500 posts out there. And the thing is, you maybe are doing something wrong along the way. Maybe your keywords suck, and then you just publish 500 articles on bad keywords. I mean, who, if you would break it down, I'm just, yeah, I'm so just this, I don't know. Yeah, this person who's got 500 articles under their belt, <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dude, the dude has done a lot and there's like multiple case studies where people have like really Just like put the home. team together and hammered wow. it. Yeah. But the, the, the whole point is it's really good to work in like, I like sprints and, yeah. you know, agile project management, agile software. There's a lot of different ways that you can sort of slice it, but it's really good to kind of work on the iterative approach versus like, Hey, I'm going to finish this full, um, phase before I move on to the next one because you could execute faster and get better along the way. 
um, versus like just doing all that keyword research, all the content, and then moving on to the next phase. What would you do in that? Like, how would you do a sprint? Like, what would a sprint look like? And and I know in agile, it's like two weeks, right? It's like usually the time frame, or is it different? Or am I just talking? Out it, of my ass? I think it probably depends on the company, but okay. you know, I like to do roughly sprints of and ignoring like the specific kind of work, Yep. you know, like 10 to 12 weeks. So roughly a quarter, that's enough oh. time for me to like work on something where I'm like, Hey, I could really dig in. I'm excited about it. That sort of thing. Now, and what would you do in that, in that quarter? Like, what would you, would you focus on one thing or would you do a mix of things? Because of the way I've like created my business, it usually is a mix of things, okay. but Great example, the last time I really did a big sprint was the course that I created last summer. Mm-hmm. So it was after the Amazon commission rate change and I needed to kind of rejigger my course and reframe it and kind of provide more up-to-date information. So that was writing you know, tens of thousands of words of scripts, shooting the videos, putting together the marketing material um, and all the things so that go on. So one project. Yep. Mm. So that's my yeah. approach, which is like you, like, I will look at, I have two, I have two approaches. I have one where, so, so for example, um, when I do put money lab, when money lab pro happens on, on February 1st, although now it's live, um, I want to run a challenge. My first like bit of community work is to run a challenge where, uh, we're going to build a digital product. And I did this last February. I built page speed for bloggers in one month. And it was in February. I'm going to do the exact same thing for Brew Cabin, where I am going to literally create a course and and all of it, like the lessons, the scripts, the videos, the marketing site, the you know the materials, the every single piece of it. It's all going to be outlined, and I'm gonna. That's my month focus, which means for me, since I'm the only one in the company besides Steph, like we will still publish videos for Swim University. We will still, you know be doing content there. Cause that's always kind of happening. Um, but that's going to be my main focus. Like all other things kind of get pushed aside and we're going to still do money lab live every Wednesday. So I, I shouldn't say that's like a, it's not a hundred percent focus. It's yeah. a, I just like backtracked everything I just said. Uh, <laughs> it's like a hundred, it's a, you know, it's basically my main focus and I'm trying yeah. to look at things like that for the, the rest of the year is like one, you know, you're looking at quarters, um, I'm trying to look at months, but I, but I am like a psychopath because I will like, you know, you know, when I did my last course, the page B for bloggers course, the challenge was to get it done in a month. I, I, I did it all in a week, but I, I had to space it out because I know that my pace is just freaking insane. Plus I've done courses like several times. So I know how to, my process is refined. Um, but that's sort of like, I just need like one major mission per month for me to focus on. And then when I, when it comes to like, when I used to build sites, I would build a site, it would do it in record time. Cause that like, to me, it didn't really matter. I can improve that later. It was like, let me get the fastest, cleanest, simply, simply branded site up and do. And then it was like, I'm all I have to do. And my dad taught me this. And most people, I'm sure, like they have someone in their life who taught them this phrase, which is how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so for me, it was never about um, spent like I've I have friends 
and I'm sure I don't I'm guessing this is how you do it where they'll say like I would write five articles a day like literally every day where like by the end of the quarter they would have like a hundred articles published is that what you do um so I, I don't do the writing anymore but, but I mean that's what theory. your company does yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So potentially, yeah. So, and I don't have this like ongoing, like huge publishing team or anything like that. Mm. So I've definitely like scaled back things. And like I said, I mean, I'm trying to branch out, do some other stuff. Cause I mean, sure we could build sites and I mean, you're doing a ton more writing and luckily it's some topics that you're interested in and you're doing videos on it and all that. But you know, when it comes down to it, I'm trying to like, Honestly, just like slow down and just like live life a little bit. You well, that's know? I mean, that's my whole philosophy in in, you know, since my lifestyle post, which is like, hey, if my job is simply to wake up every day and create something and put it out on the Internet for someone um, that will help somebody, then I've done my job for the day. You know, it's like that could be updating an article that could be writing a new article that could be working a little bit on a video. It could be script. It could be whatever piece it is, you know, it could be, uh, well, if my month long project is to create a course for brew cabin, well then every day I better be doing something related to that, you know, that, that overarching goal. So for me, when I, when I, I remember when I started roasty and when I did brew cabin, we, we kind of did it as a once a week thing. So it was like, as long as we were publishing one article a week, that was really good. I was okay with the slow growth, you know, back in the day when I was working and then was working on swimming university as a side project. So I was working all day in swimming pool care, basically at a real, at a, at a, like a you know, nine to five job. And then I would come home and I would have to write an article for, it was just like, I'm just, I'm literally like swimming pools all day in my brain. So, um, it's tough. But that was my job. I would just come home and I would write content. And at the time, I think I was doing like three articles a week because it would take me. I'm not a writer by, you know, a very bad writer. So for me, it would take like, you know, a couple of days to get something out with multiple edits. And they were usually still pretty bad. And then over time, I constantly just got better at it and better at it. Um, and then it's went, it went from like three a week down to two a week, down to one a week. Now it's once a month, you know. At the, at the you know at, at most maybe two a month, um, but now I have like again I used to have a lot of sites now I'm down to like my three sites and obviously Money Lab is much different it's a much different animal than the other two sites, um, so that's sort of like my approach. Right, right, and I think I mean it's just for me I, I know you were saying you basically end up working on a few things too, because of the way we've created our businesses. There's a couple different branches. Yeah. We have lean teams. So it's like, you got to do a few things to maintain, but your main focus of like creating something new, that's exactly what I like to do where you right. can actually like focus and dig in. And maybe it takes a you know couple hours to really get in the mood to work on the yeah. script for a certain video. And like, you, you need a little time in, you know, it's not necessarily our goal to be like, the absolute most productive we can a hundred percent of the time. Cause sometimes you gotta, you know, think about what you're, what you're trying to work on and why you're working on it. And some of those deeper thoughts, you know, right. Um, is there anything else that we should end on that you want to say niche site, niche site project.com. Um, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Obviously like we need to hang out soon because 
We need to, you know, maybe oh, after yeah. January when it's not no longer dry. It's still still dry, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, still dry. Yeah. I've been sleeping great, and yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a beer soon. But no. yeah, we need to we need to hang out and. I would point people towards, I would love it if you checked out my YouTube channel, if you're a YouTuber. And if you like podcasts, if you're listening to this, check out my podcast, Doug.show. I talk about a lot of the same topics that Matt does and put out two episodes a week. Cool. Um, stick around to the show. Uh, yeah. For just yeah, a little yeah. bit. A All right. Yeah. That's it, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Money Lab Live. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.